Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday. Each month, I'll be sharing the little things that make me feel good, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Hey, it's Carrie, and welcome back to Simple Pleasures for this bonus episode before season three drops in a couple of weeks. Last episode was all about feeling good in December, but I couldn't let January pass without checking in to say hi. January, a month of resolutions and comparisons, of the come down after Christmas, of going back to work after time off or coming back with no break at all. It's a month where overwhelm can happen easily. The new year stretches out ahead of you, like 12 stops far off in the distance. 31 days that happen in another dimension. Time like treacle as you tap away at your desk, dodging emails that seem to double every time you file one away. The desire to hermit and make exciting plans exists simultaneously next to each other. The urge for a clean, fresh start feels so tempting in January. To wipe the slate clean and begin the year anew. Alongside the need for old comforts, familiar haunts and friends that feel like home, I compare my life to others more in January than at any other time in the year. Which is why I wanted to share this episode with you now. Now we're 18 days in and with 13 to go. Think of this episode as the antidote to the January rhetoric. The calming balm applied to freezing skin that helps you breathe a little deeper. Let's talk January. I've spent previous Januaries in many states of flux. One I spent returning to my beloved seaside home, happy to be back in familiar surroundings, but equally craving change and adventure. Another I've spent abroad, throwing myself back into my studies and feeling suddenly out of place in a city I'd been in for just over six months. More recently, I spent it returning to a flat I love, in a city that finally feels like home, feeling a little homesick for another home I have with my chosen family. This January, I feel a little apprehensive going into the new year. It feels like a year with a potential for uncertainty and change that I might have to navigate. In December, I applied for a course to shift into a career whose foundations I started all the way back in 2017. And at the end of February, one of my best friends in the city is moving to pastures new. It also marks four years since I moved to Manchester which is a January that has a story that I want to share with you. So, however this episode finds you, whether you're wrapped up in a duvet starting the day slowly or lacing up your trainers to go on a blustery winter walk, I hope the next 10 minutes brings you a sense of calm and ease as we continue into the new year. Maybe it's to do with who I am. I've always been a little free-spirited, Or maybe it's to do with being estranged, or most likely both. But I have really struggled with where feels like home in my adult life. 
After graduating, I settled in Brighton for a long time and felt happy and settled there. But it was the backdrop to several really tough years. And after five, I decided I needed a drastic change. For many different reasons, which I'll expand upon in season three, I moved to the Netherlands and spent a year cycling along Amsterdam's many canals, mulling over essays and libraries, and standing in front of pieces of art I'd spent years looking at in books. It was a year I so desperately needed, but it left me none the wiser about where I could call home. As much as I loved the city and the friends I'd made there, I really missed my chosen family and friends back home. It was an ache I knew I needed to follow back to the UK. I settled on Oxford, close to the people I loved the most, but with none of the baggage Brighton brought with it. The memories of depression and days spent not getting out of bed, of being sick in nightclub toilets and crying at the seafront. I got a job there. I found somewhere to live. I made some great friends, lucked out with my housemates and lived in a gorgeous pastel house near Port Meadow. My bedroom overlooked a row of pastel coloured houses and the street it joined onto was a dream with bakeries, an ice cream shop, independent cinema and string lights leading you home. I was closer than I'd ever been to family and could be reunited with friends in London within an hour. I bought myself a bicycle and cycled to work across cobbled streets and beautiful architecture. I visited galleries at the weekend and went running along the canal and past cows near the river on a Sunday morning. I went to bars with one of my housemates turned friends and watched cheesy Christmas films cosied up on our sofa. I fed the neighbour's cat and was making enough money to pay back some of my debt. My job really wasn't the dream job for me, but it was easy and paid well. After a year living in Amsterdam, studying a subject for the love of it, I was the happiest I'd been in a long time, but also the poorest I'd been in a long time too. So earning more money, paying off debt and building some savings were my goals. I didn't mind so much that my colleagues weren't that social or we didn't naturally gel. And I spent my time there getting by and taking long breaks in the staff room with a free hot chocolate machine and the latest magazines. I was easing myself back into normal life, but something felt wrong. I'd felt a niggle of it when I moved in September, but ignored it throughout October. I couldn't name what it was at the start of November, but by the end, in a tearful voice note to one of my closest friends, I realised that despite the life I had built around myself, I simply didn't feel at home here. I knew where I wanted to be instead. I had this voice inside of me, telling me the name of a city I wanted to move to so many years before, but didn't know how or why or what I'd do there. Manchester. My mum's hometown where I'd spend summers visiting her old haunts and spending time with family who still live nearby. If you've listened to the podcast before, then you might know that I've been estranged from my immediate and wider family since I was 26. 
And at that time, I'd not spoken to my mum properly in over three years. But that voice I could hear, the one I ignored and wouldn't listen to, was hers, calling me to her home and inviting it to be mine. So that December, I decided to try. I applied for a handful of jobs in Manchester, and after several unsuccessful interviews, I had a call back. Even now, four years later, I can remember sitting on the sofa in my living room in Oxford, curled up in a blanket, waiting nervously. It makes me smile now, because the person who interviewed me would become instrumental in helping me move later would become a friend, and then he and his partner would start my chosen family in the north. Somehow, I won them over and got the job. I handed my notice in a few days later, and the daily spare room searches began. By the time January 2020 rolled around, after a few weeks commuting from Oxford to the London office, one train ride with huge suitcases and an extremely generous road trip from a friend later, I was in Manchester. That January was a January of gut feelings and taking big leaps of faith. I felt so conflicted about moving further away from my chosen family and it's still something I battle with even four years later. When you become estranged, you lose so much more than just the people you're distancing yourself from. In my experience, a big part of the loss was the lack of home, belonging and understanding my place in the world. Something I've been searching for and starting to rebuild ever since. Which was why I decided to listen to that voice and follow a hunch about a place I thought might be somewhere I could call home after many years of searching. There was something about that January in particular that felt like a real turning point in my life, a sliding doors moment where I altered the course and that I often think about. What would my life look now if I'd have stayed in Oxford? It's what that January taught me, that there is no singular path destined to you, but instead there are choices, some big, like deciding to leave one home and search for another, and smaller ones too, that can change the roadmap altogether. I am sure there is a version of this story where I would have stayed and found a way to be happy, to have carved out a different version of home. Or perhaps one where I stayed and then left a year or two later, to pastures new or perhaps to somewhere I'd lived before. What I'm trying to come to peace with is the idea that there isn't a binary right or wrong choice that you can apply to your life. You just have to keep on living it and try to find a way to make those choices that feel the most authentic to you in the moment. So yes, I could compare where I am now to where I could have been, but that would only really be comparing fact to fiction, which doesn't feel like a fair comparison at all. I'm reminded of that January each new year, and especially when the comparisons start to seep in and my mind goes into overdrive. Questions like, am I in the right career? Am I a good enough friend? Should I have more savings? Is this where I want to live? Should I be further ahead in life? 
Why don't I feel like a real 33-year-old? Is this the life I would have imagined for myself? I try to remember back to that January, 2020, where I changed direction and took a turn that I wasn't expecting, following a roadmap I didn't know the endpoint to. And it led me to here, to you, to this very episode. And so, of course, there are multiple different versions of the story where it wouldn't, and maybe things would be different, maybe happier, maybe sadder, maybe more connected or more lonely. I don't know those stories. They are just that, stories. But I know the version that happened. And I'm trying to work towards a point where I trust that it's the one I'm meant to be in. That year, my word was homecoming. This year, it's surrender. And I'd like to invite you to do the same this January because it can be a tough month. It's long and dark and the promise of spring feels so far away. But this year, instead of berating myself through it, With shoulds and woulds and coulds, I'm simply going to allow it to unfold exactly as it is. Surrendering to the present moment exactly as I am. In my nervousness about what's next, my contentment in my day-to-day and my fear that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. It's okay if you're not sure or to be feeling a little out of sorts. It's more than okay if you've not been to the gym or got back into your exercise routine yet. You're not alone if you ate all your Christmas chocolate in the first week. You're doing great even if you're having to treat yourself every time you leave the house. It doesn't matter if you brought things in the sales when you said you wouldn't or didn't need to. It's okay to be unclear and not have set goals or a vision of what the next year will look like. You are not alone if this time of year is making you feel homesick or lonely. It doesn't matter if your motivation is lacking, if it's a struggle to get up each morning, if you hate the way you look or don't feel like your usual self. It's okay if you're letting January wash over you like a hot shower, ready to step out into February. Just because it's a new year, doesn't mean you need to be a new you. You can just be. Surrender to it. Which is exactly what I'll be doing. So why not come and join me? Thank you so much for listening. If you want more simple pleasures before the next episode, then you can find me on Instagram at It's The Simple Pleasures, where I share my day-to-day, everyday joys from hot buttery toast to having a chat in the supermarket. Hope to see you there. Until next time.